you will please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, we're in the very last stanza of this longest chapter in the Bible. I believe it's on page 516 in the Bibles in the chairs, so if you want to grab one of those. And if you don't have a Bible, we invite you and even encourage you to break a commandment and steal one (laughs) from here. Now, we are giving it to you. We want everybody to have a copy of the Scriptures. These are great Bibles. Seriously, take one. But please have it in front of you. Uh, We're concluding. Uh, our sermon series on from the summer on Psalm 119, and so we're in the very last uh, stanza. Uh, next week, we'll begin a new series uh, called The Greatest Chapter in the Bible, according to me, <laughs> and on Romans 8, and so looking forward to that. But here's God's Word to us this morning, page 100, I'm sorry, Psalm 119, uh, starting in verse 169. Finishing up the chapter. This is God's inspired word to us this morning. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. For I do not forget your commandments. Let's pray. Father, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things here in your law. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A little known author of some very well known hymns and poems man by the name of Henry Light, captures very beautifully the experience of the Christian life. Uh, We've sang here recently uh, the hymn, Jesus, I, My Cross, Have Taken. And this this hymn, this song, uh, beautifully captures what the Christian life is like. Uh, We're taking on a a journey of what it means to take up our cross and, and follow Jesus as his disciple. And on this journey of the Christian life, there are many joys and many trials, for that is what life is like. That is what life is about. This is, that's what real life is. It's, it's good, but often it's hard. In that hymn, Henry Light says, life with trials hard may press me. Sometimes in life, we want to laugh, don't we? Life is good, it's, it's happy, it's joyful. But then sometimes in life, we want to cry, life is hard. Sometimes in life, we want to do both, <laughs> and do both at the same time. This is what the Bible teaches us, what the real Christian life is, is like. That there's a, a real struggle, there's a, 
a deep yearning that we have in life right now. There's this tension that exists in our own lives and in this world between what the theologians call the, the already and the not yet. We have already been saved and we have already experienced the salvation, the deliverance from our sins in Jesus Christ, but we, we still are not yet fully delivered. We're, we're not home yet. God has not delivered this world yet. And the way that we deal this tension between life being good and life being hard is that we hold on to the Word of God, specifically the promises of God that helps us to live in this often painful and hard present, but to look forward to that glorious future, that, that glorious day where there will be peace and hope and forever praise. That is what the Christian life is about. And here in Psalm 119, especially as we come to the last stanza, this tension of the already and not yet is described here. That's also what Henry Light captures for us in his hymn, Jesus, I, My Cross Have Taken. Look at your bulletin. We actually put the, uh, the words there to the final stanza. I just want to comment on this for a minute because I think he just captures it beautifully well. He says, haste thee on from grace to glory. That's that old English. Lord, hurry up. <laughs> Lord, Lord, hurry up from, from where we are now in the time of grace to, to glory, to heaven. And during this time, we're armed by faith and winged by prayer. Heaven's eternal days before thee. God's own hand shall guide us there. Soon shall close thy earthly mission. Soon shall pass thy pilgrim days. In other words, our time here on earth, it's coming to a close. Our pilgrim days. Hope, hope shall change to glad fruition. In other words, it's going to come true. It's going to happen. Our faith will be changed to sight. We will see the Lord and prayer. We will no longer prayer. Pray. We will praise forever and ever. I think this captures what's going on here in this stanza, from prayer to praise. That's what the Christian life is about. That is what is described for us here in this stanza, that soon our time on earth of pilgriming, of journeying, our time of hope, our time of faith, our time of intense prayer will one day all change to everlasting praise with God the Father in glory for in heaven forever and ever. And so as we read this final stanza, as we come to a close in this long chapter here in the Bible, it doesn't necessarily end on a high note. It, it, it is not the way that you might end a story or a song or a hymn. They're, these are not necessarily the words of a man who says, I have found victory. If you just follow me and do what I do, and be like me, then you'll have happiness and you'll be blessed by God and all will be well. That's not what he does here. And that's why we say the Psalms are really good for the Christian life. Because this Psalm is very much like life. It ends with a real life struggle. I mean, look at that. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. That is not happily ever after. This is real. The struggle is real to this man, to the psalmist. 
what the psalm is teaching us. We, we need the Lord. We need the Lord. God's on hand to guide us there. We need His life-giving Word to guide us. We are entirely dependent upon the Lord. And so this final stanza is a perfect picture of what real life, especially the Christian life, what discipleship looks like. The Christian life is this tension between the already and the not yet. We've already experienced salvation in Jesus Christ and been delivered from our sins, and yet we still struggle because sin still remains and we are not to our final destination. And so in this tension, in this life that we live here and now in, we are in great need of the Lord and His help. So we must pray earnestly to him, God, help me. Lord, hear my cry. And when we do this, we learn to praise him, to long for him, to delight in him and in his word. So that's where this psalm goes, this this stanza, from prayer to praise. That's the Christian life. This is what real life is like. That's the first thing we'll look at here. The Christian life is about urgent prayer. Look at the urgency of these first two verses. Forgive me for fooling with my microphone. It's jumping down my back. <laughs> so, let me see if I can fix it. Quit being a jitterbug up here. Okay. The first thing here, the Christian life is about urgent prayer. Look at the urgency in verses 169 and 170. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. These first two verses, we find a believer who is is desperate for God. And, And so he prays two petitions. He prays first that the Lord would give him an increase in knowledge from the scriptures. Lord, he says, give me understanding. And then secondly, he prays that God would deliver him from his troubles. Deliver me, Lord, he prays. So notice this prayer language. Notice the intensity here. Cry and and a plea. This is a man desperate for God. Desperate for God. Do you ever pray like that? Do you ever pray desperately? Desperation prayer? Do you? Too often, too often we think our prayers have to be eloquent and long and formal and happy and awesome like John Henson's prayer just was. That was wonderful. But oftentimes our prayers are not like that. Oftentimes we don't feel like that. These prayers are none of that. These are very simple, very short and urgent Lord, help me, give me, deliver me. Lord, hear my cry. We've seen this before. We've seen these type of prayers over and over in Psalm 119. And uh, we've seen where he asks other times, Lord, give me understanding. And what is he praying for here? He's not saying, Lord, give me more revelation. Reveal to me something differently. Let Let me hear your little voice. Let me see something in the sky. No, the psalmist says, let me understand more. What your word teaches. He knows that he needs practical knowledge from the word of God to live the Christian life so that he could glorify the Lord and and live according to his word. 
Give me understanding, he prays. He's not praying that God would make his brain bigger. He's not praying that the, that the Lord would help him win the Bible memory quiz. He's praying, Lord, help me to know, help me to understand. I have a deep longing to know you and to be changed inside, to be more godly, to be more dependent on you. Lord, help me, he prays. He prays for relief. Lord, deliver me. We don't know exactly what kind of trial that he was going through. But we know that he needed God to literally take away his pain. Lord, deliver me. If you are going through something hard, if you are going through something difficult, if you're going through some trial, have you asked the Lord to deliver you? If he's your father, then he wants to hear what his children want from him. Lord, deliver me. Have you, have you prayed for understanding during your trial? Lord, teach me. Give me understanding. Have, have you prayed, Lord, give me relief? This is hard. I can't do it anymore. These trials, any trials that we go through in life, they're meant to drive us to our knees and depend on the Lord to cry out for him. This is not a perfect person with the perfect life that's being described for us here. When people say to me, I don't find the Bible very applicable to my life. It doesn't really describe real life. I just want to go, have you read it? Look at this. This is not happy. This is hard. This is someone desperate for God, and that's often the way we feel. Do you you feel that type of urgency and desperation for God. Did you notice what the key was, though, to his prayer language? He has a prayer language. Not some secret prayer language that you have to go discover for yourself. He has specific words. He says, it was the word of God. He prays twice. Give me understanding and deliver me according to your word. And that's why I've said over and over and over and over, let the word of God be your prayer language. Pray the Bible. Use these words from the scripture as your own words to pray to God, to cry out to him. So when your prayers seem dull, when your prayers seem useless, when your prayers seem failing, go to the word of God, open up your Bibles And simply use the words on the page as your prayer language. Use these words as as your feelings, as as your desires to to cry out to the Lord and plead with Him. Because these experiences, these are real life. The Bible gives us a real biblical view of what life is like. This is... This is the accurate view of the Christian life. We are all desperate for God and we need him. William Plummer says, as long as we are in our present low estate, we shall never be done asking for instructions. As long as we're here on this earth, we are not done pleading and crying out to the Lord to help us, to deliver us, to show us the way we should go. And so we need the words of God. 
We need the scriptures, the knowledge that only he can give us so that we may do what he has called us to do and so we may do the next thing that we are called to do in this, in this passage, in this stanza, and that is to glorify God and to praise him. That's the, the next experience here from prayer to praise. The Christian life is about praising the Lord and so that's what he does for the rest of the psalm and, until the last verse. So he not only prays for practical help, he prays for spiritual life. Lord, give me spiritual life to to praise you, to glorify you. He wants to praise and sing and worship the Lord no matter what. And so he says, Lord, deliver me. Give me understanding so that my lips will pour forth praise. His desperate prayer moves to willing praise. He says in verse 175, my tongue will sing of your word. No, that's not 175, it's uh, 172. My tongue will sing of your word for all your commandments are right. The word of God moved him from prayer to praise. And then I think verse 175, look there with me in your Bibles. I think this is perhaps... The key to the entire psalm, all the psalms, but specifically Psalm 119. My tongue will sing of your word. I'm sorry, I missed it again. Here we go, Psalm, verse 175. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. Lord, I want to sing to you. I want to praise you. I want to glorify you, and I need your rules the very word of God, help me, and they do help me. All the prayers, all the longings of all the Psalms are are kind of summed up here. Do you want to have a vibrant spiritual life, praising the Lord, singing to him? Then let the word of God, the rules of God, be your guide. May they help you. Did you notice the key to his praise? What was it that responded? That, that moved him, that caused him to want to respond in his lips singing, his mouth moving to praise, it was the word of God. And so it is, it, is our, it is our chief end, it is our main purpose in life, is it not? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. And it's the word of God that helps us to do that, that gives us the words, that gives us the motivation that moves us. And so... Dear Christian, dear brothers and sisters, don't miss out. Don't miss out on that daily reading and daily meditation on the word of God so that God may give you the life that he wants you to have, lips that are ready to pour forth praise, tongues that are ready to sing of the mighty power of God and a soul that overflows with life. And praise. That is what the words of God do for us. Again, the tone of this last stanza in Psalm 119 is a, is a reminder of the dependence that we must have on God to live the Christian life. It's a reminder that we can't do it on our own. We're too weak. We need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to help us live as we ought. And so this stanza reminds us that that we're not finished yet. We're not there yet. 
We are a work in progress. We live in a time where we desperately need the Lord in prayer, and we are looking forward to a life of eternal praise. You know, someone um, made a funny comment to me the other day that the Alabama state tree must be the orange construction cone. Uh, The whole state is under construction. If any of you have tried to go anywhere, especially south, it really helps your sanctification uh, on I-65. To many of us, it's a burden. We get stuck in traffic caused by these dreadful construction zones and these cones. But we do hope when it's all said and done, right, that this construction will lead to our state being more beautiful, traffic flowing more freely, and, and we'll get to where we want to go quicker. But like these roads, we are all under construction too. We're not finished yet. There's still more work for the Holy Spirit to do in our lives. There will still be trials. And there will be victories. And all these the Lord will use to make us to be the perfect child of God that we are called to be. And even though this psalm ends here on not this happy, happy, happy note, it is a perfect way to conclude this masterful psalm, this longest chapter in the Bible Because it leaves us with an expectation that we all desperately need here. It leaves us where we all need to be in the Christian life. This expectation of a Messiah. Of a Savior. Of a good shepherd who cares for his sheep. And who brings us back to the fold. When we're prone to wander. Look at what he says in verse 176. I mean, think about it. This is the last verse. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. The most biblical and accurate metaphor or simile to describe a person, according to the scriptures, is that we're like sheep. We're all sheep. That's who we are. That's the best. The Bible came up with that, but it certainly is most accurate. And what that means is we're not all as smart as we like to think we are. And people in Huntsville, Alabama need to hear that. We are not as smart as we like to think we are. We we need guidance. We need help. We're often wayward. And we... We get away from the flock. We get away from the Lord. We often find ourselves in danger, in distress, perhaps wandering aimlessly. And we need that great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus Christ, to to bring us back and to seek us. The psalmist knows that he is often wayward. He often strays. And that's why he says, Lord, I need you. I need your word, specifically your commandments, to lead me back on the right way. I have gone astray, Lord. Seek me, for I do not forget your commandments. This final verse, this final verse reminds us of the blood-bought 
deliverance that our wonderful shepherd has secured for us. You may recall that other wonderful gospel statement from Isaiah. All of we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus, our great shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep. All of our iniquity, all of our sin was laid on him. And he brought us back to God by his sacrificial death. We need this great shepherd of the sheep to lead us, to guide us, to bring us back to God. And remind us that we are moving from prayer to praise. For in Revelation, John proclaims for the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's where we're going. That's where the great shepherd is taking us from prayer to praise where one day we will be with him around the throne and he will guide us to living waters. Until then, he's giving us his living word, his commandments to guide us, to lead us in prayer and praise. May God help us. May God help us to follow our great shepherd by his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word that is an awesome reminder of, of what life feels like for us and, and how desperately we need you and how, how helpful it is to, to guide us along in this journey. And so, Lord, guide us. Lead us by your powerful hand. Let us not forget your commandments, your holy word to lead us in prayer and praise. And we will give you all the praise and glory because of the great lamb, the great shepherd of the sheep, our Lord Jesus and what he's done for us. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen.